Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO and you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio B for our special MLB MLB trade deadline show for the 2022 MLB trade deadline that is coming up at 5 p.m. Central. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. And so far, the White Sox have done nothing today. We will be recapping the one trade that they've made so far. We'll be talking a little bit about Herb's team picking up Juan Soto and Josh Bell. We'll talk about Minnesota bolstering, bolstering their roster. And we will be with you for the final hour of the trade deadline to see if the White Sox add any more players herb let's talk about juan soto let's not bury the lead here you're wearing the san diego padres hat clearly you want to smile and be happy about something and i don't blame you so uh how you feeling with juan soto being on your second team feels good to have a team that is doing whatever it takes to make sure the no stone is left on term they out there with peter seidler being the uh, majority owner and aj preller being the general manager make sure that they know uh, and their fans know that they're giving their all. They're not just sending out press releases at the end of the day. Man, we were in on Juan Soto. Man, we got a great deal for Juan Soto, y'all. No, they were like, what do you want for Juan Soto? You want oh, oh, our top five guys, prospects? Bet money. <laughs> what? All? Bye. Oh, Eric Hosmer don't want to go? Bye, bitch. Money. Go your ass to Boston. Eric, uh, Luke, Luke Voigt, hey, your ass is out too. Bye. <laughs> I wish I wish our team could do that. Like, somebody asked me, he's like, how do you feel about your Padres doing this? I was like, I feel good, but also I feel kind of like shit because it reminds me I'm a White Sox fan way before I'm a, a Padres fan. Way before. And KPW brings up a great point. They got Josh Bell in that trade too. Like, there was no way that any team was going to get value for Juan Soto not only didn't they get value for Juan Soto, they didn't get value for Josh Bell, who's upwards of nine uh, 900 OPS this year. And they got Jury. And Point. they got Josh Hader the other day. So that's the thing. We are talking about exactly the reason why you are happy and also sad being the White Sox inactivity. The White Sox feeling like they probably have the best team that they possibly can right now. They've made one move, and that move, Jake Diekman, was forced because of injury. They had three catchers on the roster. If Luis Robert was healthy for the Kansas City series, he would be on the roster, Reese would be off, and he would have been DFA'd. The trade for Christian Vasquez to Houston opened up the White Sox opportunity to bail themselves out of Zach Collins failing as a first-round draft pick again. And you mentioned the Padres. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, they go out and get Josh Hader. Today... They make the biggest move in baseball history, getting Juan Soto and Josh Bell. And they follow it up, not satisfied yet, by going out and getting Brandon Jury. How pathetic of a team are you to sit in third place, to win the division last year, to blow the division in 2020, and not give it everything you have? You have players on this roster that waste time, that waste at-bats, and you're not helping the team. And Josh Harrison is telling Vin Duber and all the media after the game, basically, you know, or, or and this, this was a couple weeks ago, but, like, 
you know, we need some help, basically. Like, the clubhouse is good. We've played over 100 games. We're not winning. Basically saying, we need somebody to step up here. And I think that they're looking for it to be an outside acquisition. And yeah. I don't think, like I said yesterday on the rant that's going uh, around Twitter right now, the Calvary's not fucking coming. No, it's not coming. I mean, they've had plenty of time to improve this roster. You don't have to wait until the trade deadline. I understand that deadlines uh, breed activity, but White Sox knew they had all these problems in April. They probably was like, oh, it's too early. Then they had him in May. Too early. June. Too early. July. No, it's too early. Now you got to wait until like 55 minutes to the trade deadline, and we're out here just bullshitting. Just just blowing in the wind. It's just, I don't understand the philosophy of the White Sox. And mind you, the San Diego Padres are 12 games out of first place. They have a monster in front of them in the LA Dodgers. This more than likely won't work this year. They will not probably win the World Series this year. But it won't be from a lack of trying. Because that first round, they got to go on the road. I think right now the matchup would be versus the Atlanta Braves. They got to go on the road for a first game series, and all those games are in Atlanta. And then they'll have to go on the road for a best of five series or best of seven series versus another team, mm-hmm. maybe the Dodgers. They're throwing all their chips in, and they have years to go with Juan Soto. They have years to go with Fernando Tatis hasn't played one single second this year. He should be coming back later in the year. Just imagine having a team that's like we're dedicated to Signing Manny Machado for $300 million. We're dedicated to not playing games with Fernando Tatis. Immediately put him up there without any extension. And then when he shows that he's a great player, here's a $400 million extension. Go and get you Darvish on a trade. Go and get Blake Snell on a trade. Go and get Joe Musgrove on a trade. Then extending him when he shows that he is worthy of that. Then when deals don't work out like the Will Myers deal, they're trying to trade him. They traded Eric Hosmer already. Not afraid to make moves. We've been lifting Rick Hahn to this unbelievable level. And all this time, I'm like, why are we exalting this guy? Why are we exalting him to the highest levels? Some White Sox fans even got in my DM saying, he's better than Kenny. He's like, where? Where has he ever been better than Kenny Williams? Where? Kenny's got a ring. Wherever. He does this. Where's it on the field? And here, here's the thing. Yes, Kenny Williams was making dumb decisions in 2005 when you're looking back at it at a 2021 lens, but still they won the world series. And in 2005, baseball wasn't that smart. Kenny Williams was smart enough to put together a world series team in 2005. Rick Hahn is behind everybody else. I mean, again, I, Patrick Nolan made this point on Twitter 2016. We were mired in mediocrity because we had no talent in the bottom of the organization to go out and help the major league team and, and bolster them. They were mired in mediocrity then, and they're still in mired in mediocrity yeah. right now. Eight years have passed, and Rick Hahn is still behind baseball. I, I agree with you that, you know, he, he, he deserves not a ton of credit here. You know, winning in the AL Central once is not that impressive. No. And here we sit with a team that's sitting 51-51 and 51 behind the fucking Orioles and the Red Sox, who are sellers in the wildcard division. And you're not looking to add to your team just because those teams are going to die off and fall off, and then all you have to beat is Cleveland to jump them and get into a wild card spot, or, or Seattle too. But I mean, Seattle's not, you know, sitting on their hands. They're going and getting Luis Castillo. Exactly. I mean, the, the the Blue Jays are currently in for for Thor. Like the teams ahead of them are active and doing things. 
Teams saw what happened last year where they saw Atlanta Braves team go from also Rans under 500 team to a World Series champion. Get in the tournament. Just get in the tournament. And that's why teams are trying to bolster themselves up for the tournament. More teams are going to be in this year. So it gives you more chances to get a chance to win. So I don't understand why the White Sox are sitting on their hands while the Minnesota Twins are getting better today. Like Jorge Lopez, uh, Molly from uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Didn't really, I mean, I looked at the, the, the giveaway. I didn't see a lot there. Maybe I'm not hyped up on the Twins prospects, but I was like, okay, cool. They didn't give up a lot for, for Molly. Cool. We're in. I don't understand why, and I know they don't have a lot, but it doesn't seem like there needs to be a lot in this market. There's not a lot of, um, like, huge names. And that name, that haul that the Padres sent over the to the Washington Nationals, and I see somebody disagree with me, for a generational talent like Juan Soto, Connor, is Connor Smith, I will gladly give away Mackenzie Gore, and C.J. Abrams, and Hassel, and the other two guys, and Luke Voigt. You're getting a generational talent just for him. And then you're adding on Josh Bell, switching in power hitter. No, sir. That's not that's not equal value right there. Well, I the mean, Padres got much better today. And I know that the Nationals got what they wanted, but I don't think you can get what you like equal value for Juan Soto. The deal got better when Eric Hosmer said no, and then they ended up throwing Luke Voigt in. They didn't have to take on that money, and they got a player that can help them more, right? And they could possibly even flip you know, Voigt later on. Um, well, I want to go back to just what Connor said, um, just so I can have reference of it, uh, disagreeing with him. I, I think that anytime you're trading a 23-year-old player like that, it, it's stupid. You didn't give money to... to, to uh, uh, Harper, you didn't give money to Rendon. You didn't give money to Soto. You just let that guy walk. The only two players that you gave money to, and Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, too, to add on to it, um, the only two players that you gave money to are Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg, right? That's a mismanagement of funds. Both are broke. Yeah, they're both broken. You should have invested all of that money and all that money that you could have into either Harper or Juan Soto. And I think that them being in a position where they have to trade Juan Soto is a loss for them. Did they get... Prospects for Juan Soto, absolutely, right? But the Padres can turn around in two years, get prospects, replenish it, and get two years of Juan Soto for cheap. It's probably the perfect time to acquire Juan Soto because you won't have to even entertain uh, signing him to a $500 million contract because you're going to have him for two years. So I I disagree that, you know, it's the the Padres made a fantastic move here. You know, I, I really don't think that acquiring a guy this young is is a lose in any way. And I think either it was uh, Josh Nelson or James Fox pointed out, Juan Soto is younger than Oscar Colas. Younger than one of our biggest prospects. The guy Dylan Carlson that the Cardinals didn't want to give up for him, I'm pretty sure he's like two days older than Dylan Carlson, Juan Soto. Yeah. So, you're. I don't think people understand the enormity of getting Juan Soto with mul- multiple years left is Arb years left, and then the opportunity to sign him to a long-term deal. You're getting, as people have said, Ted Williams light in his pri- before his prime, and you're adding him to another generational talent in Fernando Tatis and an MVP candidate in Manny Machado. Yes, they didn't have to do any of these moves. Like, if the White Sox would have just got Manny Machado, I'm sure White Sox fans would be like, hey, man, you spent $300 million. We don't need to go and get 
a young shortstop and uh, pay him $400 million. And we don't need to go and get a generational talent and Juan Soto. We're satisfied with what you've done. Good job. They've done none of those things. And somebody pointed this out. Could have had Manny Machado cheap, had Fernando Tatis, and got outbid by the Nationals by $100,000 for Juan Soto. So the Padres are actually living the White Sox life right yeah, now. No, seriously. I think I said one bad trade and $25.2 million puts them away from having those players. I mean, it just becomes a, a position battle between Tim Anderson and Yohan Moncada for second base. And that's a pretty damn good problem for a championship team to have. Um, and why hasn't Han done anything, says Jack. So... I don't know. Uh, I'm not really sure. We have a super chat from Kai. Uh, Kai dropping in and saying, do you think the Sox can go 40 and 20 to end the year? Uh, they played 102 games. They got 60 left, Herb. Can they? I, yes. Can, yeah, can they? No one's, no one's not allowing them to. <laughs> the only people not allowing them to win 40 games in the next 60 uh, is the White Sox themselves. I said that they could have overtaken this division by April, August 12th, right? I still think that with the way the schedule looks, they still can Minnesota has to go play the Dodgers. Minnesota has to go play Toronto. Like, this is a tough time to win if you are the Guardians and if you are the Twins. The White Sox should be walking through. It should be a cakewalk for them. And the fact that they did not beat Daniel Lynch last night, a left-hander that they've seen before. Yes, Daniel Lynch probably had his two secondaries working the most that it's ever worked for him before, but that guy had confidence against this White Sox team. He had their number. He knew that he could go through a day's work and own their ass. And that's what he did. Um, so, I mean, good for him getting that. But, yeah, I think the most frustrating thing for me today is the Twins getting Tyler Malley. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the, uh, the, the hall. Um, just to lay it out there for people, uh, Tyler Malley goes to the Twins. Uh, it includes Spencer Steer, uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, and Steven Hajar uh, going to the Reds. Uh, Hajar was just selected last year. He was a left-handed pitcher out of Michigan. Uh, he was a guy that dealt with some injuries um, last year, and, and that's why he fell in the 2021 draft. Um, but he led the Big Ten in strikeouts uh, back when he was at Michigan, and he is pretty tall. Um, so an interesting player. But the White Sox, I would say, have a similar player in Sean Burke, who is around 15th in their uh, uh, prospects, I'm pretty sure, uh, at MLB.com. He was a third-round player. So the White Sox probably had a similar player to that. Spencer Steer was a third-round pick. He's a second base and third baseman. Um, he was a third-rounder. Only their seventh-ranked prospect right now, and he was drafted back in 2019. Not to say this is the exact same, but Gavin Sheets' third-round pick in 2019 as well. Um, so it's not like the White Sox don't have anybody that isn't a similar value. And Spencer Steer uh, was a college kid as well. He was not a high school uh, um, pick, so I think he's around 24 years old. So again, an older player, Hajar, a college player, an older player. Uh, and then Encarnacion, he was their 23rd prospect, uh, a player that the White Sox probably could match in some way. He was a fourth-round pick in 2021 as well. He's only 22 years old. Um, I think the White Sox could have been players in the Molly market. And yeah. looking at that deal, I, I don't think you would have had to give up Colson Montgomery, right? No. And that's no. really the only guy that we're like, avoid, 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 avoid. I thought, like, when I was listening to the uh – the breakdown they were having on the spaces with uh, Josh Nelson, them like the highest guy in their system was what their fifth guy or seventh guy in their system um, went to the Reds. Seventh, yeah. seventh guy. Spencer Steers is seventh prospect. in their in their system. So no, I don't think so. And while the Twins might be better, and they are better than the White Sox, and pretty much everybody is, I don't think that Colson Montgomery would have to change teams. And I wouldn't want Rick Hahn to be trading Colson Montgomery for Trevor or uh, Tyler Maley, but. That team gets better. That's one of the things that they needed. 
They needed starting pitching. It was a glaring weakness on their team. They still probably do need starting pitching. Tyler Maley's good, not great. But with the White Sox going against him, and they probably haven't faced him in a while, that dude's going to be seven innings, two hits, zero runs rest of the White Sox when they see Tyler Maley. That's just a, a good scouting by Minnesota, seeing what they need, supplementing the roster, getting the backup catcher in Sandy Leon also today. They're doing things that fortifying their, their chances to win the AL Central and not f- mortgaging the future necessarily. I mean, they can't necessarily do that because Reese Lewis lose, losing a year with his uh, ACL tour is probably problematic for them. They could have got a even bigger guy. And I hope, you know, when these next 43 minutes, they do not find a way to go and get Carlos Rodon. Please don't get Carlos Rodon because then I'm throwing things. I'm throwing <laughs> things. I'm, I'm going against the wall because there's a glass... Behind there, I don't want to get sued by this well, company or this building. And isn't it frustrating that the White Sox are in a position that they just cannot go out and get Carlos Rodon because it seems like their GM just wants to be right about this whole thing? The fact that they didn't make the qualifying offer to him, the fact that so many people are worried about their medicals, and probably the reason why they didn't extend that qualifying offer was because of his medicals. But I, I don't know. You go watch Carlos Rodon pitch. Does that look like that guy's breaking down anytime soon? And I understand that it happened around the same time here last year uh, for Carlos Rodon, but this is a guy that is still young. He's under 30 years old. He's in relatively good shape. I think that this is a guy that has been surrounded by something that he didn't have when he was being injured when he was 23 and 24 years old. We see how supportive Ashley is. They have two kids. It probably feels like, you know, we see Michael Kopech developing as a man. It probably feels like Carlos Rodon has developed into that person that he's always thought that he has been, and I think that's probably giving him a lot of confidence, and he's taking care of his body well enough, obviously. There hasn't been any true breakdowns of him. Like, he, he ran into a dead arm period. That dead arm's gone away. And, I, I mean, maybe it comes back and rears its ugly head, but even when he was pitching against the Reds last year in September, he was still able to control those balls, and he became an actual pitcher. And he was able to help the White Sox win games, yeah. even when he didn't have his A-plus stuff. He's a pitcher. That's all he is. And I would hate, hate to see if Carlos Rodon went to the Minnesota Twins because he would he'd kill the White Sox. And, it pop- and you, kn- oh. you know in the last nine games of the year, Carlos Rodon's going up against the White Sox twice, and he is shoving it down their throats if he's getting traded to the, uh, the, the, the Twins. Yeah, and I think sometimes, and we speak about this on the postgame, the best thing is for a pitcher who's got high velocity like Carlos Rodon had and has is to go through a little adversity where you don't have that. So you have to rely on guts and guile you have to rely on actually pitching then when you regain it like we saw Michael Kopech do not just last night but the start before that he's throwing his 98 again instead of the mid-90s fastball then you say okay now I have the knowledge of I can know where to put the ball at and also I have the 98 so whenever I get in trouble I can always rear back and throw that again so it was probably a blessing disguise that Carlos Rodon both had the uh, Tommy John surgery the He's struggling in the 2020 um, last game of the year and then going into the playoffs where he struggled and then the whole 2021 season where he's dominating and then he went through some adversity. That is good for Carlos Rodon. And I was with Rick Hahn of not retaining him but also wanted them to offer a qualifying offer to Carlos Rodon. So you get something for him. Right. At least at the very minimum you get that, that second-round pick or that comp- competitory pick. You get something. And, I mean, even looking back at it too, you know, Carlos Rodon's was qualifying offer was $18 million. They extend Lance Lynn in July of 2021. And I'm left wondering, 
how does this GM evaluate talent? And clearly health played into them not extending uh, an offer to Rodon, but Carlos Rodon was a better pitcher than Lance Lynn. Didn't have the same amount of health, but then, you know, obviously you pull that trigger early so you can get Lance Lynn. You don't have to worry about that going into the offseason, but at the end of the year, that 35-year-old that you signed that isn't in the best of shape, it's a lot of weight to be putting on your knees and your back, he then starts to break down, and we haven't seen the same Lance Lynn from last year. So the White Sox, you're left questioning, did they just get stuck with an Albatross contract of three years by signing Lance Lynn? And them being aggressive in the wrong way or with the wrong person hurts this window. And you just have to look at all the players that are on this roster and how many have hurt this window or how many of their either being held back by injuries or, or their lack of progression like Grandal, Robert, Aloy, have hurt this window. And this window just feels like it's being constantly hurt, 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 hurt over and over again. And it doesn't feel like there's any relief coming. I mean, this was supposed to be the White Sox time, their GM saying, ask me after the parade. And yet we're asking if they could even make it to the playoffs this year. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What do you think? And news came out that Tony LaRussa is not going to be speaking pregame. This is a tweet from uh, Paul Sullivan. Ooh, real quick. Noah Syndergaard pursuit, pursuit is down to two finalists, Jays and Phillies. Okay. I mean, we knew that wasn't going to happen with Hey, us. we're doing a trade deadline thing, so I might at least give people some trade deadline news. Yeah. All right, but you mentioned Tony. Um, what do you think about that? Why do you think of Tony not speaking to the media like he does pregame, every game? He's not speaking to them today specifically. I think it's odd. Uh, Paul Sullivan ended up tweeting that out, saying that no Larusa pregame. We have known, and maybe it's because Rick Hahn's speaking, so maybe that's they're just gonna have Rick do the pregame speaking. But but they do it all the time I, in the beginning of a homestand where Rick speaks, and then all Tony right. does his regular confab. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure, and we can ask you know Vinny uh, postgame tonight. I'm pretty sure for 81 postgames, there's 81 pregame interviews with Tony Larusa. Yep. So I don't think it's too much of a shock that Tony gets out of last night's press conference not being asked about the thing that was picked up on NBC Sports Chicago's uh, feed on the bottom of the first inning coming back from commercial where his eyes seem to close. I won't say he was asleep because, you know, that's me being a hater, I guess. Um, but I, I will say that the fact that he got unscathed and didn't ask, wasn't asked about that in the postgame, they probably were like, well, shit, we'll just push that to the end of the game. And maybe people will forget, and maybe we make a trade, or maybe we make an acquisition, and then that's the bigger story. Or maybe he's, you know, we, we give news about Luis Robert, and that gets buried. I think that they're just trying to punt that coverage, and hopefully 24 hours puts enough space in that news gap. I hope that, you know, my wish comes true, but I will not put that out there because it's, you know, very far-fetched. But it fe- feels very odd that, the day after some big news and people were talking and you were talking about it. I was talking about it yesterday on the post game show and I listened to 670 to score. They were firing on Tony today. Mm-hmm. So maybe White Sox caught wind of that. PR people said he would probably be best if Tony doesn't speak today because he'll be asked from various people who are not just the beat reporters. Hey, what's going on? Because today is the trade deadline day. So there are different people there than just the beat reporters. They're, you know, probably columnists there, probably people who want a little bit more juice. People want to agitate a little bit more. So get that out of the way so Tony doesn't get bombarded with questions that he can't answer there, you know. So it's a little sad. Yeah, it is sad. Um, it's just 
it's weird because I mean, it, it, you even see with just baseball questions like, Hey, Tony, it was a two, one count. Why'd you intentionally walk that guy? And then he just gets very, very defensive over why his baseball decision was getting questioned. It's like the fans want to know, did Tony La Russa fall asleep in the dugout? The fans want to know. I, I have watched that video when you first saw it. I know that you had a reaction like, oh, here we go. Here, here's something that's going to go viral. Oh, White Sex Twitter is going to go wild on this one. Yeah. I, I didn't think that he fell asleep. When I saw it, I was just like, that's a bad moment. Lawrence was talking about it being an establishing shot, and that is very normal for them to go to a shot of the dugout, whether it be a player, whether it be Tony. They flash the score bug, and then Steve, I think, comes in and is like, all right, and let's see how the – Royals are lined up today. <laughs> Out in left field, it's MJ Melendez. In center field, Michael A. Taylor. He plays A-plus defense. You know, like, it's it, it was just a normal shot, and I think he got caught at a bad moment. Was he just closing his eyes? Maybe. Um, it also did seem like at the back end of the five-second clip, which was only a five-second look into it, it also did feel like he was jolted awake. Yes. So that was the one thing that I keep going back to is the first four seconds just look like a guy that's closing his eyes. Maybe he has like dry eyes or something, but then the other part is like him being jolted awake. And then I think mumbling say something to someone saying, being like, Oh my bad. Or like, you know, like I, it, 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 I, I, there wasn't volume. There wasn't audio from it. And I don't think people can read lips enough of Tony La Russa to actually know what he said, but I would love if anyone was able to, Please, John, so we would at least be able to get, uh, a note of what happened there because I think it's unfortunate uh, that he, you know, was caught like that. Breaking news. Break lamb. Yes. Yeah. Robert Murray says the Seattle Mariners are acquiring Rake Lamb, Jake Lamb, former White Sox great from the Los Angeles Dodgers for cash consideration. Did you hear um, Joey Gallo got acquired by the Dodgers? I did. And, uh, you know, the, the Dodgers just traded uh, Jake Lamb. But uh, for a second there, uh, Rake Lamb could have been teaching Hoey Gallo. Get it? I do. That's, uh, that's tool time for you. And I know we got to break and take a, you do know, we? a I, little a commercial break. This is like break. a special. So, no, like, are, we, are, we running, are we running the post-game ads? Like, what are we doing here, Steven? I would assume the pregame. I, I don't know. There's no pregame. I mean, the pregame game. It's just the points one point. Bet. Hey, points bet. Yeah, hey, point. Yeah. Thank you. Points bet. You're awesome. Now to the next. Um, I'm seeing rumors, and you know, I'm gonna put this out there. Well, hold on. Let me pay my bills. Let's Go let's ahead. do that real quick. All right. Points bet. The best way to support CHGO is to download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Good enough. If you do that right now, you get two risk free bets up to two thousand dollars. But that's not it. If you make fifty dollars or more, first time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two thousand dollars in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than fifty dollars first time deposit at Points Bet. If you have questions, you can email Points Bet allchgo.com. We'll help you out. And Points Bet's your home for live and betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge of the game you're watching, your favorite team is primed for a comeback. Don't just watch the game bet along with live there's more live betting more live markets and faster live cash that's with points bet app so what are you waiting for it's time to elevate your live betting game download the points bet app right now and use promo code chgo once the game starts don't just live your bet life or don't just bet live your bet life with points bet if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem wants help call 100 uh, gambler or for crisis counseling and referral services all right what do you want to start up our um one guy Vinny parisi is saying keep an eye on on the guy that i suggested the white Sox made a trade for cody bellinger hey, I saw out there too. in I la that I, I would love it would that. fix a lot of problems. I've been wanting him for a long time, and I know he hasn't necessarily been Cody Bellinger. Look at Matthew Cortese right on top of hey. him. My man. Yeah, I don't. If he gets Cody Bellinger, it's not a home run. Solid double. Solid double for him. You get the lefty bat that you need. The guy can probably play right field for you. 
He's a gold glove center fielder, but you got Luis Robert out there. God willing, he's coming back in center field. I would be good for it. It wouldn't be an awesome move, but it would be a move that I would say, okay, you've woke up. You've woke up and you've addressed a situation that the White Sox definitely need. I would Here's be happy with it just because there's upside. There's actual upside well, there. And you don't have to play A.J. Pollock in center field. That's also very nice, yeah. <laughs> it's a guy that can do the job. It's a guy that's athletic. It's a guy that's under 30. Um, and, hey, he's a left-hander, too. Well, my, my thing is, yeah, I mean, Dave Barista brings up a great point about Cody Bellinger. He's got three sh- screws in his shoulder. Um, it also feels like he can't hit any longer. I, I, I mean, I, change, I, of, change of scenery uh, candidate. I guess change of scenery As candidate, but usually with, those guys get, like, help. I mean, like, when Kyle Schwarber went to the Nationals, he got help from the hitting coach. I don't think the White Sox are going to be able to get Cody Bellinger, and the only reason they're getting him is because he has the pedigree. He's a former uh, MVP, I think a former first-round pick, right? Correct. They're going off of the whole Kenny Williams fourth-round pedigree. pedigree. All right, fourth-round pick. Um, the Dodgers did a great job in developing him, mm-hmm. though, and, and, you know, he, he had great moments for them. I really would think it's buy, it's buying low of someone selling low. I yep. mean, it's you're, you're scrap-heaping it again. You had so many ample opportunities to go out and get actual professional players who are performing well and have been performing well for over 10 years of their career. Like, David Peralta was a guy that you could have gone out and gotten that would have added true solidity or a true balance to this lineup. Yep. And Bellinger might do that. Or Bellinger, Bellinger also might cradle. Like, why, would the, why do the Dodgers want to move on from a guy who is a former MVP? And how would the White Sox be able to fix him? I don't think they could. I think the Whites, I think the Dodgers would want to get rid of him because they've seen the writing on the wall, and it's been multiple years since he's been bad. You know, that dumbass thing he did in the 2020 World Series where he's shoulder-bumping with his teammate, and you could tell shit wasn't right right then at the time. It's a buy-low and maybe sell-high move for a guy who's still, I think, still in his prime. I think he's only 27 right now. Let's see. 26 so yeah I you know it's not a move that moves the needle but it's a move that I've wanted this guy for a long time and I think that he could you know it can't hurt might help type of move I mean it can't hurt because like if it gets Leary off the roster I'd rather give Cody Bellinger at bats than like Leary but who does he get rid of I mean it probably gets rid of Gavin Sheets perfect so then you're just putting in another struggling left-hander who I guess can play defense so, I mean, that, that's the one thing yeah. is Cody Bellinger can play defense. Yeah, that's, I, what, that's what I need. I mean, and right now, if he came to the White Sox, he would be their leading home run hitter. What are you really? 13. Yeah. <laughs> that's horrible. Uh, <laughs> Cody Sox, Bellinger. Yeah, Cody Bellinger, man. Hey, he's broken, but apparently not broken enough. Gallo would have been their home run leader, too, I'm pretty sure. I think he's got around <laughs> 13. This is sad. It's sad, guys, that we're on August 2nd talking about a team that doesn't not not even have a 20 home run hitter. You don't have a 15 home run hitter. Like nobody on this team has more than 12 home runs. It's been 4 fucking months. <laughs> How? You play at a home run hitter friendly ballpark, especially for left-handers, especially for guys who can hit the ball to right field. What the fuck's going on? Like like this is a season from hell. Like, I don't, you know when they talk, and I'm going to go on off a tangent. Go ahead. You know when they talk about hell 
in gonna, heaven. Uh, yeah, real quick, I'm gonna look for you a new co-host. Sox eighty three seventy two. Oh, I saw that guy. So I'll, I'll find you a new one. Oh, no, I don't need a new co-host. If anything, <laughs> Sean needs a new co-host oh, knock, from me. We'll knock it off. We have Love Chat X Y Z, and and they're the Ooh, best co-host of them all. They are the best adults dating site I've heard. Sex bots, sex bots. But you know, I'm not. I'm no no longer a spiritual guy. I don't believe in heaven or hell. But when I did think of hell, when they talk about the fire. I didn't think that was bad because eventually your body would just get used to it. You're dead now. You know, who cares? It's hot all the time. Right. You just get used to it. You're, you'll adjust. I think hell is something you don't like that just continues forever. Mm-hmm. This is hell. Like, we've waited for a long time. We've put our bodies in there, our money in there, our time in there. All us White Sox fans. To get to this point this year, everything that has gone wrong has gone wrong. And nothing's getting improved. You don't see anything on the horizons like, oh, yeah, I can see that bright light. I'm going to start walking that way. No, it's just the sameness all the time. You stay mad all the time. And then a little bit glimmer, and then you go right back down. Those are don't see starts. This is hell. This is baseball hell, like where you don't, and and your owner and your GM doesn't seem to care as much. Your manager 100% doesn't care. And the players, I don't. I can't quantify caring, but they don't hit the ball in the air, which they know the fuck, that's what you got to do to hit the ball out of the ballpark. There's been, never been a ground ball home run. Well, there no, there has not been a ground ball home run. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> Usually, I mean, there's been some line drive home runs, right? Some yeah. towering line drives yeah. um, that have gone out. <laughs> but I said this to somebody. It was after the Mancini trade uh, to Houston. I said, I hate the Astros for making me root against Trey Mancini. And someone said, you know, why are you upset? Trey Mancini wasn't there in 2017. And it's not about that. The Astros are in baseball for the business of baseball. This is a team that cares about winning. This is a team that cares about being on the cutting edge of baseball. The White Sox and their owner for the past 40 years have proven to you, the fans, that they, and watch them acquire like Julio Rodriguez or something stupid right now. But they are telling you, the fans, that they are in it. They're in baseball for business. They're not like the Astros. They're not in it for baseball. They are in it for the business. They are in it to make money. And hey, it's America, capitalism, whatever. You know, Herb's talking about his spirituality beliefs. Uh, you know, I'm talking about capitalism here. Uh, thank you. Welcome to hell. Um, but <laughs> even Shy Town Spotty, Spidey said it up there. Like 2016 was hell, and we just talked about it. Like. That was mired in mediocrity, and I feel no different than right now. And like Patrick Nolan said, in that moment, you couldn't have traded your depth, your organization pieces, your future pieces, your prospects to help the major league roster. What this has proven right now is that they can't do that. They, they, they can do. They can't do the same thing. They're, they're stuck in the same place. That they're stuck in mediocrity. And the only trade that they've made was a major league roster swap. It was Reese McGuire who was on the major league roster going to Boston for a player that was on the major league roster. They have not been able to sell anybody on the prospects that they have. They have not been able to sell anybody on the future development or the ability of the White Sox uh, organization to uh, scout talent. That's what this is proven right now. It is absolutely proving that the White Sox are stuck in hell. And Vanden Patel uh, with a $4 super chat, and he asked the question later, why doesn't Rick and TRL... TLR use analytics when it comes to starting players and getting players. Well, Tony said in his uh, introductory press conference, he uses observational analytics. Best kind. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I don't know what the fuck. Ana- he just uses his eyes, pretty much. 
I don't know. I can see him. He's going to get tired, so I'll yeah, take him out. No, or he, he had a couple more innings in him. So, it's you know, he uses his gut that is 10 years old and then also his eyes, which are through the lens of an almost 80-year-old guy, which I'm not being ageist. You know, when your eyes are out, don't get better in, in age. So He is wearing he, glasses. So he doesn't get any help from himself, and I'm sure no one's helping him in the dugout. I don't see anybody like, hey, Tony, look at these stats right here. We got this guy versus that guy. You should actually go to this guy. No, I never see a, a move where I'm like, man, Tony's using a, some analytics there to win this game. He's always bunting a guy over where analytics, the analytics uh, uh, department is like, nope, never do that. Stop giving out outs, especially early in the game like he always does. So I'm sure Rick is of analytics. He has analytic background and also uh, contract signing background. So maybe he doesn't get the opportunity to do it with the uh, strings over his head with Kenny and Jerry both over him. But you could see the moves that he makes. They're not necessarily great moves. They're a bunch of hitters that can't field, except for Juan Moncada. <laughs> They're a bunch of guys who get hurt all the time. There's not a lot of baseball IQ. He picked Nick Magical, what, third or fourth overall. Mm-hmm. And once we saw that, some bitch is like, that guy's not smart at baseball. Like, how do you pick a guy that, like, can't hit home runs, only hit singles, and is dumb on the bases and can't field this position. Well, the White Sox, I think, last year had the 10th best defense when they shifted, but they also had, like, the 28th lowest shift percentage. Yeah. And Rick Hahn was asked, like, why don't you shift more? And he's like, I don't know. And, like, they've kind of shifted more this year, but clearly, I would think, if you have worse def- defenders, put them in a better position to defend. That's Play the of- outs. But even then, you could see multiple times where they just play a left-hander for a dead pole guy when he's come up and hasn't even produced anything. That was one part of the reason we think Lance Lynn was frustrated in that start against Detroit when Cody Clemens gets his first hit because they're pulling a guy who hasn't even gotten a hit yet, and they're playing him like he's been pulling, you know, like Joey Gallo his entire career. So I don't think the White Sox can properly implement shifts. I don't think that Tony La Russa in the dugout is being helped by Shelly Duncan. Shelly Duncan's been here for two years. There's been no pieces from any reporter getting insight into Shelly Duncan. You haven't heard any quotes from Shelly Duncan. I don't know what he does. Now, going to Rick Hahn a little bit more on, on how him and TLR balanced it, going back to when they didn't walk Buxton, Rick's quote after that game, because it was mm-hmm. after a, a series in Minnesota, they yep. come back to Chicago. He said, I have my thoughts about that. Yeah. Right? I'll keep them to myself, but I have my own thoughts about that. So I think Rick probably has more of an analytical mind. I think he does have some things uh, that he can at least you know implement into his game. But also, like, it took them until June 9th to start taking over the lineups and m- some of those bullpen decisions with analytics. You can look at... June 9th, and that's when people start complaining about the different lineups and the different uh, orders that, that people are in because basically the White Sox have set a template for the White Sox or, or for the, the, the manager to to do this, and at least this is what it seems like. Tim Anderson's going to bat lead off. You're going to either have Moncada or Vaughn bat second. Pollock or Aloy will bat third. Fourth will be Abreu. Fifth will be Jimenez or Grandal. Um, six will be like Pollock or Vaughn or Gavin Sheets, and then seven, eight, or nine, it's usually Leary, second baseman, Harrison or Zavala, and then, you know, Harrison or Zavala at at ninth. Um, So I I really do feel like the lineup has been set for Tony ever since that 
Trey Turner disaster um, on June 9th. Super chat from Phil B. He says, why haven't we entertained trying to move Abreu and putting Vaughn where he belongs at first base? So the great Casey Boguslaw actually wrote a piece trying to stump for the White Sox to trade um, Jose Abreu. I understand, but it's really just, it's just filler time to fill time, basically talking about Jose Abreu being moved because it's not happening. No, there's, there has not been a rumor about it. There has not been any hint towards it. You know, we can entertain it right now because it's a trade deadline special. I just think it would be stupid because Abreu is your only player that's currently hitting right now. There is no promise that Andrew Vaughn can finish a 162 game uh, season with the way that his legs have been acting up. And also again, like you're not getting production from anybody else. I think trading away Jose Abreu would be a huge blow to Yasmani Grandal, Aloy Jimenez, Juan Moncada, Luis Robert, I think probably to a detrimental point. So, you know, even though the clubhouse is bad, even though the vibes are bad, I think it would get worse with trading. Some good news coming out of the guaranteed rate. Luis Robert is taking batting practice at the rate with a cool pink bet. And that is from our own Vinny Duber, who is watching Luis Roberts. That's good to know. Good news for Luis Robert out there. With the bat, and but that wasn't really his problem. I want to be seeing him grabbing some balls out in the outfield, and not actual. That sounded terrible. What? Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> what was the reason? I I just said grabbing some balls in the outfield, oh, and then he said you just traded. Reese he was McGuire. doing that in a parking lot. And speaking That's of, we traded Reese McGuire. Jake Diekman's in the house at guaranteed rate, Ayo. giving some good quotes to the assembled media. We got 19 minutes until the trade deadline is up. And I've been scouring this whole uh, Twitter sphere, and I haven't seen one rumor, one, uh, this is imminent. You know, they get little drips and drabs after the 5 o'clock hour. But maybe this might be it. And I think well, White Sox fans have a right to just be furious. And I still believe the White Sox will win the Central. But it's like going on a long trip, like, you're driving for 12 hours. Eventually, you're going to get there. It'd be best to stop and get some refreshments, get some uh, some rest for yourself, get some things that get you to the 12-hour drive right. safely and also quickly and efficiently. The White Sox are just driving straight through. Yeah, they might make it through, but there's going to be some bumps in the road. It's not going to be as smooth as it could be if you just go and get some reinforcements, like a starting pitcher, some starting pitcher depth with, Tyler Maley, who went up to the, the Minnesota Twins. Also, the twin, Twins went up and get Jorge Lopez to fortify the bullpen, which is already pretty strong at the back end with Duran. So, I don't know why he's sitting on his hands, and I could just hear the fucking answers. They're already making me mad, even before he says it. And if you guys don't follow Bruhan Luke, go ahead and do that, because he has the bingo card for you. Oh, does he really? I mean, he just has the four or five key phrases that he believes that – Rick Hahn will say in his press conference, you know, don't want to mortgage the future, you know, getting Luis Roberts, like getting a trade acquisition, all these things. Augment, Otani, roster, Luis Robert, bullpen depth. Uh, And then someone asked, uh, White Sox massologist, uh, fast evolving market, premium put on pitching, synergy, no restrictions from ownership and draft capital. Um, That's a great bingo card. But I, I think it's kind of fucked up that fans have to do that. That fans, and I've seen this in group chats that I'm in. Obviously, they were doing it in the uh, the, the, the Sox Machine Twitter uh, spaces. Uh, Bruhan Luke's tweeting it out. But isn't it fucked up that fans are expecting what this guy is going to say? The, they're, they're, 
I, I know that people love coach speak. People love GM speak. People love to make fun of it. Dan Bernstein's great at it. Um, but it's so insulting that your fans are in this position where this guy has gone out year after year after year and disappointed you and disappointed you and disappointed you saying there's nothing holding us back. There's nothing holding us back. There's nothing holding us back besides ourselves. We're too scared to go make that deal. If ownership isn't limiting limiting you, if they're not hindering you, you either can't sell a bag of goods to any team, whether it be Gavin Sheets, Jake Berger, or some of the other pieces that you might be floating around the top, uh, you know, uh, Luisa Gonzalez as well, you know, some of those pieces near the top, and any of the younger guys, you cannot sell. And you're probably clutching on to Oscar Colas and, and Colson Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, maybe they're, they're clutching their pearls on Mena. Uh, it's a little bit lower down the list. Uh, Yoki, they're probably holding on to. Vera oh, as well. Oh, like, Jared Kelly just started pitching well, too. Like, right. oh, man, I'm going to hear Jared Can't Kelly's name later on today. Right. So, I, and maybe they're <laughs> even hugging Brian Ramos down there. I mean, like, I, I think even Josh Nelson mentioned there's like four players that they're likely not going to add onto the 40 man that are just going to be Rule 5 eligible. I think Rodriguez is one of them. I think Ramos is one of them. Uh, I think Lenin Rami Soso, is right? on the, uh, I said Luis Gonzalez. I meant oh, no. uh, Rami Gonzalez. Um, yeah, Lenin Sosa, I think he's not on the 40 man because it was just a, a brief addition. Um, and then even uh, 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 Yolbert. Yes. I think those four guys are needed to be added to the 40-man or they're going to be Rule 5 eligible. So what, what are you holding on to them? And Michael Fulmer just went to the Twins? Yeah, I just checked that. That's from John Heyman. Motherfucker! Your guy. Like, the Twins got that much better. Just got that much better with Jorge Lopez early in the day, Tyler Maley, and now getting Michael Fulmer. And I won't even put the Sandy Loam thing in there, but they got better, and the White Sox are just like, oh... Deekman, well, take it. And what do we say, or what did Steve Stone say on the uh, score about a week ago? This is going to be coming down to the GMs of the Twins, Guardians, and White Sox. Guardians are sitting on their hands, White Sox sitting on their hands, and the Twins are being active here. I can understand why the Guardians are, because they have a lot, and they don't want to mortgage the future. They're cheap. They established that at the beginning of the year. Like, we're getting rid of everybody on our team that makes any type of money before that. We're going to sign Jose uh, Ruiz to a uh, Ruiz uh, Ramirez to a long ass deal. And everybody else is cheap as fuck. And we're not going to mortgage any of those youngsters we have out there. And if we can win the division, cool. Awesome. We weren't expected to be in this position. We were expecting the White Sox to go away with this thing, but we're not going to be mortgaging the future to go in the playoffs and just get beat by the Yankees. I don't have any qualms with the, the Guardians just stand, standing on their hands and they're sitting on their hands and doing nothing. The Twins see the opportunity to go and get this uh, division, and they have it. They're doing things to win this division. And they'll get, they'll get playoff money, too. I mean, you know, the Twins will get playoff money even if they go and get their ass handed to them by whoever. Well, the Yankees. Right. Well, I mean, the Yankees, are, the Yankees get a buy because they're oh, a, a real well-run a organization. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we need to see the Twins win a series to then go get their ass kicked by... Uh, by the Yankees, which I, I really don't want to see. I want to see that. If the White Sox don't win it, I but want the Twins to get embarrassed in the playoffs. I want to see them get embarrassed, but I don't want to see them get past the wild card round. Okay, so get, which means I don't want to see them get embarrassed by the Yankees. That's all. Good point. Right. I want the Yankees to lose all the rest of their games so they come the wild card. They got to go to Minnesota for the first round and beat the fuck out of them. That'll be great. <laughs> Let's talk about the Twins just a little bit more because I, I think you we're making you know at least. 
Some good points here. First off, I think Jorge Lopez was a fantastic ad by them. Uh, it really just shows you the impressiveness or, or the ability uh, of a guy to really change when he goes from a starter role to a bullpen role. You're kind of seeing this with Jimmy Lambert right now. His stuff looks completely different coming out of the bullpen, and I'm really excited to see him. That extra velocity, that extra zip looks really good. That curveball looks real disgusting. And Lopez... Benefiting from similar things. This is a guy that's going to throw 98. And Duran's ridiculous back there. This guy is pretty ridiculous. He's an all-star. So I love the aggressiveness from them. Uh, and, and all they had to give up for now this new piece in Michael Fulmer, another guy who I liked, a guy who I put on my list. I wanted Naquin. I wanted uh, Michael Fulmer. I think I wanted uh, Chafin. Um, Didn't you want Gregory Soto too? I don't know if I wanted Soto. I think that was too much at that point. Um, Matt Moore was on that list, and he's still not gone. But all they give up is Sawyer Gibson Long to acquire. Uh, is that all, three people, or is that Michael one, just one, one long name? Just Sawyer, one guy. He's Sawyer got a Gibson Long. 423 ERA um, right now, and I think it's down in AA. Um, he's got a 717 uh, ERA down in Double uh, A right now when he's got called up. So he's a six-rounder back in 2019. Like, the White Sox have a guy like Sawyer, Long, Gibson, or whatever the hell his name is. Like, the White Sox could have been in on the Michael Fulmer market, and they should have been. He's better than Jose Ruiz. He's better than Matt Foster. You need to be better than this. You need, when you have a 2-1 lead going up against the Royals, you need a better option in the eighth inning than Jose Ruiz and Jimmy Lambert. And even though Lambert's look better, he needs to be your last option. Like, I, I, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. Your deadline acquisitions are going to be Vince Velasquez and Luis Robert, and you better be happy with it. I hate when I'm I, I hate when I'm wrong. I love when I'm right, and I hate that I was wrong last night, that there is no Calvary coming. I should listen to myself, Herb. And Ken Rosenthal is reporting that Phillies are close on Syndergaard, sources tell The Athletic. So everybody's moving. Everybody's shaking. Everybody's looking for uh, edge to try to get into that playoff, and once they get in the playoff, have the bullets available to fire off their gun. The White Sox is like, we're just hoping and praying the people on our team are good. You know, if they're good, you know, eventually they'll hit home runs. The wish. They're wishing things go well. Yeah. Oh, they, they absolutely are. And, and praying. And here's the thing. I mean, Frank Minichino, we t- I brought this up, this quote up yesterday on April 26th, mentioning how the White Sox are getting slider death. Since April 26th, the only team that has faced more sliders than the White Sox is the Toronto Blue Jays. The team with the worst walk rate in the major leagues since April 26th is the White Sox. They're not changing anything. It's the same team with the same approach, with the same hope that someone's going to get hot. And if someone gets hot, someone else will get hot. But how, and it will spread. Yeah, how are they get hot they're hoping for. if they don't change, if they don't right. actually adjust to what the pitchers are doing to them? We saw this in April. Like, we literally saw it, and the hitting coach saw it in April. And I was thinking about the question I asked Vinny last night about accountability. It's like the accountability is, okay, the players are not li- either listening to the the, man, uh, the hitting coach or the hitting coach is not getting the right message through to the hitters. Either way, Frank Minichino has to leave. If either were present, he has to leave. He has to go. Because what's his purpose here? There's no purpose if they're not listening to you and, you're, and then you're not imparting the correct knowledge to them. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. He should bounce. He should leave. There should be some accountability in this franchise. If Rick can't fire the, the manager, fire his underlings. Fire the people who are under him. Please, Jesus. Well, I do want to say, too, that um, – and is Thor now official? Is that – or is that still 
kicking around. Um, I haven't seen it officially it. yet. I think oh, tr- Phillies have traded Mickey uh, Moniak and a second prospect to the Angels for Syndergaard. Um, and Mickey Moniak's a pretty. I, I think he's a he failed. Was a, he was a first round pick, but he's he's been pretty bad, right? Yes, yes, yes. He'll be here next year as a former Phillies prospect <laughs> that will be playing the outfield for the White Sox. We already got one of those guys. Um, yeah, first round pick, first overall pick. Um, back in 2016, and uh, left-handed hitter, uh, high schooler, uh, was drafted by the the Phillies. Uh, White Sox really don't have a guy like that, but I think Oscar Colas is 24 and doesn't suck. So, I mean, if you really wanted Noah Syndergaard, I mean, Colas probably would have been maybe even just a one-for-one trade uh, if you wanted Syndergaard. Uh, interesting because it's a big contract. I think he's worth $7.6 million and maybe even a little bit higher for the rest of the year, but... You know, I, I if if Rick isn't being held back by the the ownership and and that you know that really shouldn't be a big deal right there. Um, tweet from a guy in uh, Nash Walker in uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Righty's hitting against uh, Michael Fulmer against his sliders. One forty, two fifty, one fifty one. His slider is truly elite. Great. Um, so he said he awesome. adds the bullpen of Duran Lopez, Fulmer, and Griffin Jacks. So. Yeah, a team that already has trouble hitting against righties just got even worse because the Minnesota Twins loaded up starter and bullpen with right-handed pitching because they know the White Sox bugaboo is the right-handed pitcher. Another deal that happened is Mitch White going to the Toronto Blue Jays. Remember Mitch White when he shut out the uh, White Sox because he's a right-handed pitcher and throws a slider? (laughs) I've I've blocked him out of my mind. The other day you brought up a guy – who was that, Broke Brisky? Yeah, I had Bo blocked Brisky. him out of my mind, and you brought him in. You said his name again. I was like, uh, I'm having flashbacks to a terrible time when the White Sox got shut out by another guy you never heard of with a slider. Steven, could you do me a favor and scroll up? Um, and Shout out to Alex, who was on vacation and hasn't seen this team since Wednesday. You haven't missed anything, Alex. Uh, it's been exactly the same team as possible. Um, scroll down just a little bit. I'm sorry. And I did see, uh, uh, I think it was Jaxo saying, uh, People making fun of the White Sox on MLB Network. Uh, that was pretty funny. Oh, but you, accountability. Isn't accountability and lack of accountability Tony Larissa not having a pregame? Yes. I mean, like, it, it, yes, he usually has one. That's that what I, he says. I'm I, not stepping over a line by saying he usually has a press conference. The fact that he's not having a pregame presser is odd. That's and, what he said. Like, I get accountability by having these press conferences. That's my accountability. And he's not having one in the pregame. Which is weird. Yeah. He usually has one. Rick, I think managers speak way too much, but if you're going to do this on a daily, right. not having it, at least send out a, a press release. Somebody on the PR staff say, he's doing something else. Yeah, he's got questions. business. We're going to have Rick Hahn speak later, so we'll, this will be in the stead of Tony's regular uh, pregame press conference. Something, but the White Sox continue to do things incorrectly, so we leads to speculation, as with... Luis Robert and what's wrong with him? All their things are acting like they got some type of uh, secret and like they're above the league and they don't have to share with the public. You don't share with us, we'll speculate. You want us to speculate or you want us to tell what the real thing is? Come on now. Um, Harrison Bader is going to the Yankees. Yankees are acquiring, acquiring Harrison Bader from the St. Louis Cardinals for Jordan Montgomery. So Cardinals get pitching help. 
um, acquiring Jordy Montgomery from the Yankees, and the Yankees get outfield help with Harrison Bader. They get a guy who can roam the outfield out there, and having Stanton and Judge in your power corners with Bader playing center uh, is pretty good for a playoff team. So uh, that's a that's an interesting trade right there. Uh, Herb, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Cubs on the other side of town. Uh, they haven't made a trade yet. Ian Happ Oof. and uh, Wilson Contreras. Michael oh. Givens also supposed to be uh, on the block as well. Andy Martino from NYC says Mets get Givens. Simple. Well, there you go. Simple, simple tweet. Mets get Givens. And Bob's following it up. Mets get Cubs veteran reliever Michael Givens. So, there you go. Um, I was going to ask you about Michael Givens. I liked him for an option for the White Sox. It seems like that's not happening. Seems like nothing's happening. But uh, seems like nothing's happening for the Cubs with Happ and Contreras. You surprised by that? Wait a second. I'm just. What? My mind is blown. Like. Harrison Bader plays center field, right? Yeah. All right. So I don't he, know. What to talk he about he has that long, luxurious hair. Does he have to cut that off when he goes no. to the boogie down? No, you the, can have long hair. You can have long hair. Garrett Cole has long hair. Yeah, Garrett Cole has okay. long hair. Okay. All right. And so it's gonna no, be he, 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 he trimmed that up. He doesn't have long hair anymore. So it's gonna be Harrison Bader in center for the most part. Right field judge and left field Stanton. When one of them playing DH every once in a while. Yeah, and I think Hicks will probably rotate God, just, into the to the back of their just like. Brian Cashman leaving no stone unturned. They're ahead of the earth, and they're going to get everybody because they're trying to win. You see, the Dodgers are secretly kind of quiet. I mean, they got Joey Gallo, but they think they have enough to get get it through. They're going to win the NL West. It's just getting ready for the playoffs now. But the Yankees are like, no, at the end of this thing, we're going to have all the reinforcements we need. We're going to have our bullpen set up. We're going to have more people in the lineup ready. They're even trying to trade Gleyber Torres, man. They're trying to get more things. They're just out here doing things. You're hearing things. Instead of, man, um, Yankees were in on Soto. <laughs> yeah, man, Yankees were in on Jorge Lopez. You see, Yankees sent a, a thing for Otani. No, you'll never see that. You'll never see the minions out there caping for the Yankees. But the White Sox, that's what they do. They'll send their, their minions, their journalists out there, and they'll say, hey, hey. Make sure the people know we're out here trying. Make sure the people know that we're out here talking to people, trying to set up deals. And then remember when we set up that deal for Jake Diekman? Yeah, remember that good-ass deal, guys? Don't forget it. We're out here winning. And then I'm sure uh, Rick will say, well, you remember in 2005, we had a small move in Jeff Blum. So that worked out. I guarantee he'll say something. It's like sometimes the biggest moves you make are are the smallest moves or no, no moves at all. Ugh, I mean it's it's just bullshit. You're, you're uh, and it feels like they've given up. If you're not making trades, if you're not trying to improve this team, if you're not in trying to inject any life into this team, it feels like you've given up. It feels like you have no way out of this. The walls have surrounded you. Doors are locked. You can't find yourself and the way out of the absolute mess that you're in. Luis Robert, we're unsure if he is healthy enough to play or can play in August. We haven't gotten a true update on what's wrong with him. Like you mentioned, he's taking batting practice today, but he also just played in a game in Charlotte and has then taken off five days. So we're not sure if he will be around. There's question marks about your center field position. You did nothing to address them. Today, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, and A.J. Pollock is your outfield alignment. 
talk about it, our organization not caving a shit about defense and defensive alignment, and honestly, not giving a shit about development because Andrew Vaughn was not drafted to be an outfielder. Andrew Vaughn was never an outfielder before he was drafted, and you have put him for basically over 120 games out in left and right field for him to fail. Him and your mean Mercedes have the same amount of war over the same, basically, time, uh, B-war, over the same, basically, time they've had a career, and your means done it in less plate appearances, that's because Andrew Vaughn is unable to play the outfield. He is just too slow. He is a competent, professional baseball player that is playing out of position. I, I, I hate this team. I hate this team so much We're, because right now they have just locked themselves into exactly what they locked themselves into in 2016. We're officially at the deadline. It's 5 o'clock here in Central Time. Course moves can be trickling in as long as you got them in before uh, the five o'clock deadline. You know, I don't. Back in the day, you used to do faxes and shit, but now I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't. I just don't know why. Why this team is how they are. They just don't care about any of you guys out there. You guys. Put in time and money every day to come here to watch the game at Royals the Royals have traded Merrifield. Oh, Whit Merrifield finally gets traded. I bet it's to the White Sox. Oh, I would. That's not good. I bet. Oh, my God. I would so hate that. God, now we just get to wait. Hey, here's the thing. At least God, we don't have to honestly worry about Whit Merrifield um, <laughs> today. Please don't. Oh, my heart is beating. Please don't. Please uh, don't just tweet. They just have traded him. Um Oh, uh, no. uh, oh my God! <laughs> this is horrible. I have no idea. I have a. Few, I have. I've heard Whit Merrifield connected to the White Sox. This is why I am having honestly a low key panic attack right now because Whit Merrifield could be the other addition for the White Sox at the deadline. The fact that this is trickling in uh, gives me fears, like people had about Tommy Fan getting traded to the Sox, oh, God. and people worrying about that. Uh, hey, it's we an need upgrade, a, a lefty right? power bat. Let's go with Merrifield. He's not left-handed. Who cares? But here's the thing. is like, who does he replace? It has to be Gavin Sheets because they're not DFAing Leary. So Leary's just going to stick on this roster. And you're going you're gonna to take away, again, a left-handed power bat away from this roster that it desperately needs. If, if, if they're even getting with Merrifield. I haven't seen it yet. I have not seen anybody that said, hey, he's going to this team specifically. Oh, my God. This hurts my heart so badly. Just waiting for this damn... Thing to go through. Just be any other team than us. Please, Jesus. I don't want Whit Merrifield. That's just a move to make a move. That's Blue Jays. A, oh, Jesus. Thank you. That's your problem, KPW. Damn right. Woo. He had to get vaccinated, huh? Woo. Jesus. Is yeah. that... Is yeah. that let yeah. Me, he had to get vaccinated. Let me see if I can confirm that. Um, It hasn't popped up. I haven't gotten an actual report yet from it. I just got a text. Oh, yeah. Merrifield goes to the Blue Jays from Mark Feinstein uh, for Samad Taylor and Max Castillo. Holding my breath just because I thought the White Sox might do something, but it's 5.03. We're three minutes past the deadline, and I don't think that anything's going to happen. And, you know, I mean, and I go into the other side of town we were doing earlier. I think, and I've been reading, like, the Cubs overplayed their hand and probably Better that they did. I mean, they could keep Wilson Contreras, who obviously wanted to stay there. And Ian Happ has another year after this year. And they were asking for way too much, apparently, on the market for either of those guys. So, uh, good for those two players that get to stay in Chicago. But 
Cubs out here trying to sell for too much. This was not a lot of activity in the city of Chicago, but you could see that the Cubs could keep those players. The White Sox are just staying stagnant while the Minnesota Twins are ascending. And the team that I'm worried about the most, the Cleveland Guardians, stayed pat, which is good for them because I don't think there's much wrong with that team. They can hit. They can pitch. Yeah, They have a good manager. I've, and clearly they can develop players. I mean, Christ, uh, they put $35 million into their team and they still have a better record than the White Sox. I, 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 the, it really feels like they're not doing anything. It really feels like Jake Diekman is the only player that is coming to the White Sox at the deadline. Like I you am, said, you can get tri- like trickles of deals coming through for the next hour, but I do not see anything that will knock our socks off. And we, how scared we were for getting Whit Merrifield. Like, there was obvious people out there that would help this White Sox team. I don't know if you need two to tangle, so I don't know if the Giants were willing because I don't see a lot of Giants on the market right now, even though they should have been. And Jock Peterson would have been a perfect fit for the White Sox. Even Ian Happ would have been a nice fit for the White Sox. Not going anywhere as of yet. I would, and Alex saying I would have rather had the White Sox sell. And at this point, I, I, I agree with you. Um, if this was going to be what it was, Sell Johnny Cueto, give Davis Martin an opportunity because Johnny Cueto can't help your team next year. I, I don't think that you're going to be bringing back Johnny Cueto. It doesn't seem like it fits the timeline. Give Davis Martin a shot. Maybe he could do something, and you'd be able to get a player for Johnny Cueto, a player that is one of your better pitchers right now. Jose Quintana was able to get something. You should have been a seller at the deadline if this is what was going to happen. Um, and Andrew Baggerly from San Francisco says, Rodon and Jock are staying with the Giants, I am told. Scott Greger saying Rick Hahn's going to speak at 5.30 of the media. So, so he's done. We'll see what he says. Yeah, uh, he's done. So that's it uh, for the White Sox at the trade deadline. Absolutely brutal to see. And if they're going to make any additions in the free agent market, uh, that's where they'll have to do it. Whether people get DFA'd that they like um, or if they go out and get Michael Conforto, it, it could be possible that someone picks up Conforto, but he might not be ready until September. And we're going to have to watch another month of White Sox playing 500 baseball. It's so disheartening. I feel so bad for all of you fans here. You were promised so much, and this team has not delivered for you. They didn't get that much goodwill from making the playoffs in 2020 and 2021. They were promising you the world, and you have been handed nothing. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, like, all that good, hard talk that Rick Hahn had asked me after the parade, talking about White Sox Twitter, and, man, if they weren't talking about such and such deal, such and such deal would have been done. And White Sox fans have stuck with Rick Hahn's plan. They've stuck with him, and even through the times where he got usurped, his power, like, man, I feel bad for Rick Hahn. Today, I think most White Sox fans are in the same boat. White Sox front office, including Rick Hahn, is not championship caliber. They're not serious. It's an unserious franchise. It's an unserious general manager, unserious vice president of baseball operations and Kenny Williams. Manager we already know is unserious. So, yeah, it's sad. I mean, we all knew it in the back of our mind. Maybe it was, you know, way in the back of our minds. But now I think it's clear. And that is heartbreaking to know that you've wasted 
what, set six, seven years yeah. waiting for this to be rebuilt? Because is it getting better next year? No. Are these are these are the twins just going to be like, hey, White Sox, go ahead and take two on uh, two thousand twenty three? You know what? The Guardians going to do that? Do you know what probably looks good to their? I don't know. All star shortstop Carlos Correa. The fact that they were aggressive at the deadline. The fact that they just got out and got a cost controlled starting pitcher to help their rotation for multiple years down the line. Tyler Malley helps that rotation. Uh, Jorge Lopez helps that bullpen. Michael Fulmer helps that bullpen. They needed to get pitching. They got fucking pitching. Yeah, the White the White Sox solved an issue. That's it. That's all they did. It was an issue that was bothering them. The fact that Reese McGuire was probably going to have to get DFA, so they just make a little swap with Boston and get Jake Diekman. It's <laughs> it's pathetic. It's absolutely absolutely pathetic. And I think they didn't. You know, we've talked about this. I don't think they got Jake Diekman because of actual need for lefty reliever. They got it because hey, we got to get rid of Reese McGuire. And yes, Jake will be good for us. It's awesome. Because that fills a need, but the need to get rid of Reese McGuire before the deadline instead of DFA and getting something for him was more pressing than actually getting a lefty uh, arm. Because they've been having Tanner Banks out there to be the sole left-hander for months now since Aaron Bummer's gone down. So they obviously didn't really care. This is just sad, tragic. I wish, and as I do, guys, choose another team. You could still be a White Sox fan. I am a White Sox fan. I clearly have the San Diego Padres on my head. I will be rooting for them in the playoffs. That is my second team. Choose another team. Find some happiness in baseball because you fell in love with this game for a reason. And maybe it was the White Sox, but they don't care about you right now. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about the team. They don't care about winning. And I can't wait to listen to what Rick Hahn's got to say up here. Lying to the fans. Lying to the assembled media out there. All day long about trying and windows and stuff, and we still got a chance. And Robert's coming back, and we got this. No, is there anything that he can say? I, I there's no. nothing that he can Not say. Not one word I'm, he can I'm say. I'm disinterested in anything that he has to say. I'm disinterested in anything Tony LaRusso has to say. I'm disinterested in anything the players have to say. There's no answers. There's no answers to the reason why the White Sox should be in this position right now. They should not be in this position, not being dead, uh, sellers or buyers at this spot. They should not be 51 and 51 in third place in the AL Central with how pathetic it is. They should not be in this scenario, and nothing they can say is going to actually hold up to what this state of the White Sox is. Uh, I mean, it's just, and Atlanta just got Rossell Iglesias, apparently. <laughs> Everybody's getting players. Everybody. I just read a tweet that the only team that didn't, involved themselves with trades was the Colorado Rockies because why would they? It's a weird thing with them. They're like, we're bad, but we're not trading off any of these players because we're dumb. Ugh. I mean, it just, you you see all these rest of these teams go in front of you when it's supposed to be your turn. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that anime and there's a guy like on a cliff and he's like, it was supposed to be my turn, not him. Mm. No! <laughs> it's just the funniest clip, but I'll tweet it out. It feels like that. It was supposed to be our turn, not hers. Right. Why are they winning? And No! And you can just see, like, and you see Tyler saying, uh, as season ticket holders definitely will not be renewing this year. It's so tough to get a turn in baseball. If you are not the Dodgers, if you're not the Mets, if you're not the Yankees with these billions and billions of dollars to throw into your franchise and the way that the White Sox have been structured 
the what the fact that Jerry invested in this team with his friends, and it's not Jerry who specifically owns it. It's like a, a White Sox business corporation. The, the whole setup was that Jerry, who had most of the money, was not going to outspend or, or you know take over the team. Like they didn't want his control to be too much. So it it's it's hurt fans to to be honest, and it's just it's it's sad and pathetic. Um, I, and I don't want to wait for the back of the baseball card comment because it clearly has proven that they they can't do anything. Uh, yeah, it, hit them where it hurts and, and hit them in the wallet. Like you said, if it's not bringing you happiness, then don't watch the team, don't support the team, and and give them make them give you a reason to support them. Yeah, right? you can uh, always if you come back. Hang out with the White Sox community here in the CHGO White Sox podcast um, on our pre and post game shows. Feel free to, but I I've only gone to two games this year and have not paid for a ticket. And I'm very, very, very happy that I didn't pay for those tickets. Shout out to Cherizi and shout out to CHGO uh, for, for, for passing along those tickets. I think it was Mr. Han who gave us those ones for the Mariners game. But uh, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's pathetic. And this is not a team that wants to win a World Series. No. It's, it is not how a team that wants to win the World Series operates. It's not even a team that wants to make the playoffs. It's not even a team how, you know, if you wanted to make the playoffs, you'd be operating in, in a different way. I, I am so hurt for, <laughs> for fans right now. Ugh. And I'm waiting. Honestly, I don't want to end this because I feel like that just, just like, closes like, the book. Like there's another deal out there to be announced. I'm looking for one. I'm, I'm in disbelief that they didn't do a goddamn thing. Not one thing except for Jake Diekman. This is just so unbelievable that, you know, it's hitting me like a ton of bricks today that – cheer for a team that doesn't want to win and that quote by David Sampson the former uh, Marlins president where he was told by Jerry Reinsdorf it's better to finish in second place or to act like you're trying and you see it all the time the tweets after they miss and we tried to go and get a Tani nope just falling up short we just keep on doing the same thing. And, yeah, I see that I think the White Sox bank on the fun at the ballpark because I've always said this. There's nothing better than going to a ball game for me. I enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy the smells. I enjoy the drinking, the food, the camaraderie you're having with the people in the stands. It is three to four hours well spent. But if this team is not giving you what you want – paying them money to give you entertainment doesn't make too much sense. So, you know, if you've already bought your tickets, I would say go to the game because you'll have an enjoyable time or try to have somebody uh, who will go to the game and have an enjoyable time because that's already sunk cost, that money Jerry has in his pocket already. But buying another ticket, finding another ticket, going to the secondary markets to buy another ticket, no, don't do that. I mean, I thank my man Slush Poppy for hooking me up with tickets this year and, and uh, Melissa uh, right. hooking me up with tickets earlier today. But other than that, I am probably – I don't have any scheduled games for the rest of the year, but I'm sure somebody will say, hey, come and, come and join me at the game. And, you know, I enjoy White Sox games. It's, an, it's a very fun time. They put on a good product as far as the game time experience. The games sometimes are a little tough. I want to go up to uh, Mike Mangassner's, uh comment here and I think this is probably going to be where we uh, end up ending it but he says IDK guys I think Rick simply got outbid by all of their GMs we've said all week how we only have one 100 top prospect and 28th ranked farm system 
who did really, really have to offer. The White Sox had something to offer for at least Michael Fulmer. The Twins didn't give up a top 30 prospect to get Michael Fulmer. They could have moved on from Sean Burke, who isn't even a top 10 prospect, who was a third-round draft pick last year and is performing fine in the White Sox lower minor league uh, levels. I mean, it, it, just as fine as Sawyer Gibson Long is performing for the Minnesota Twins. So they could have done something. They could have done anything. They have some pieces that are salvageable that some teams could have been interested in. I, I mean, clearly, maybe not. And, and that's on the White Sox still. Even if Rick got outbid, he got outbid by all the players that he brought into the organization. It's everyone's at fault here. Tony's falling asleep in the first inning, putting out shit-ass lineups, playing Lior Garcia too much. The players are pressing way too much and can't figure out any groove at all to start winning baseball games. Rick Hahn has built a horrible roster up and down. The major league roster is all right, but everything after falls off a cliff. And Jerry Reinsdorf put in a guy who was retired for 10-plus years to run a clearly very, very fragile organization. And that organization crumbled to pieces this deadline. And I am not going to be surprised by if the end of October, the end of this season, we are talking about a team that is even below 500. It's pathetic. And the, okay. only, the only top 100 prospects to move were for Luis Castillo, and I think Juan Soto, and Josh Bell. You, yeah. you didn't need top 100 prospects at this deadline. No. And uh, Jesse Rogers confirms the White Sox are done. There are no moves to be made for this trade deadline besides the Jake Diekman move for your pale hosts. I'm going to go acquire a beer and or three. drink I myself also require to of sleep. I don't know if it's going to be live because I don't want to yell at the TV screen as if Rick can hear me. Oh, yeah. We're not, we're not able to broadcast that. Um, no, I mean, like, just out, that, out there. Sure. So I'm yeah. just yelling um, out there, and the Cub people are like, what are you guys doing? NBC Sports Chicago might have a live feed uh, to show you guys that. Um, but outside of that, I, I really don't think that uh, we'll be having any live feed from Rick Hahn, and we'll be able to talk to uh, Vinny Duber in the uh, postgame show. So uh, that's going to do it. Um, you can follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will have a postgame show. Uh, after the Royals and White Sox play, Brad Keller versus Lucas Giolito. We'll have that here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel after the final out is made about 10 minutes after. Also, apparently Jeff Passan said uh, the White Sox put all of their eggs in the Shohei Otani basket this deadline. That doesn't make sense. It makes sense, but it does like, once it was rejected, you continue going. If you're going to make that move, make a different move. It was yesterday that they, yeah. like, they said, no, we're not trading him. They're like, that's, oh, that's... I guess we're never going to get a player then. <laughs> Shucks. They, had like they didn't want our hours. players. Ugh. And it, what if they, and, you know, this, this winter, if they try to go out and get Shohei Otani. I mean, that's what they usually do. That's how they got Lance Lynn. They failed on Lance Lynn in season, I think, in 2020. In 2020, Lance Lynn isn't Shohei Otani. I understand, but I'm saying this is how they do moves. So like they show interest in the guy at the trade deadline, they see what the deal deal was and what is needed, then they go and get him in the offseason type of thing. Why is this team acting like a big market team when it comes to free agents? What was the last big market, big free agent you you signed? Albert Bell. Albert Bell. Yeah, and he was he played two seasons for the team, and he was awesome. He was awesome, and they oh. got rid of him. No, he he opted well, out because well, he had such an awesome year, awesome two they years. Didn't bring, they didn't bring him back though. No, 
No, he opted out because he set White Sox offensive records in those two years he was there. What a jerk. All right, anyways, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Eckenroll23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you, Stephen Nicholas, for producing, and thank you very, very much for all of you guys supporting us in this first White Sox season. Uh, we are doing our best. Hopefully, we're getting better as well, and uh, we still got 60 more games to cover, and we will be covering tonight's Royals-White Sox matchup later on uh, on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel, so make sure that you are subscribed and getting notifications, and uh, we will revel in the pain later on tonight as well, so don't worry. Thank you for watching, and uh, the White Sox exist. <laughs>